I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels. Do, 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 do. Uh, we'll continue to cover the World Cup. The Brits are up 1-0 on Croatia. Croatia, the country that everyone I know who has ever been there was like, dude, that's the hidden gem of all hidden gems. I've literally, I've had friends play there. I've had friends coach there. I've had a myriad of friends visit there. And everyone I know is like, it's one of the most beautiful places on earth. The people are nice. The women are stunning. The food is good. And you get some of that kind of old Eastern European charm with some of these kind of classic older cities. Plus, you got water and beaches and lakes and rivers. It's amazing. It's like a total hidden gem. That said, I think we all want England versus France. Any rivalry that you can think of pales in comparison to England versus France. Even Russia versus America. Like, imagine the scenario had we actually just qualified 
right? And Russia got into a finals. Russia, United States would have been a historic matchup of superpowers. But here's the thing. Soccer is bigger, obviously, in France and England than it is here. But France and England are rivals. You're like going back to what, like the beginning of civilization in those era, in those areas. It, it, it puts Duke and Carolina, Auburn and Alabama and Michigan and Ohio state together to shame. They've literally fought in wars against each other. They're separated by a body of water. Like you can't make it up. I have no idea if they like each other, but the fact that one drives on one side of the road and the other drives on the other side of the road, that's crazy. Different languages. You got English muffins, which are fantastic, by the way, against French toast, equally fantastic. Anyway, uh, we'll get to uh, we'll, we'll cover the World Cup as it becomes necessary. Let's get let's keep talking with some NBA, shall we? Apparently, Luke Walton was in the know, has been talking, texting back with LeBron James. That per Ramona Shelburne. Uh, Luke had a great quote about the night he found out that LeBron was coming to the Lakers. I'll share that with you. But yesterday, Adam Silver spoke to the media about a, quote, robust conversation at the Board of Governors meeting about improving the current competitive landscape and that the NBA can create a better system. The two things that were most discussed or that he was willing to share was, one, changing the age limit of the NBA, and two, potentially changing the playoff format of the NBA. Let's start with the age limit. To which I I don't think he understood the information that was given to him. So there's a commission on college athletics chaired by Condoleezza Rice, who, oh yeah, by the way, doesn't really have anything to do with college athletics. Condoleezza Rice is amazing. She's incredibly accomplished. She apparently loves football. That's how she got on the college football playoff committee. But she doesn't currently, I believe, work at a university, nor has she recruited in college. But like the the problem with that committee is like there's nobody who's really kind of present day invested that much in college basketball. And yet their findings are why the NCAA is going to make a change and the NBA is likely to make a change. And the first part is changing the age limit. But what's interesting about what uh, Adam Silver said was, my personal view is we are ready to make a change. It won't come immediately, but when I weighed the pros and cons, and given that Condoleezza Rice and a commission has recommended to the NBA that those one-and-done players now come directly into the league, in essence, the college community is saying we don't want those players anymore. It sort of tips the scale in my mind that we should take a serious look at lowering the age to 18. You're listening to the information all wrong. They don't want them. Okay? Because they don't want the whole attitude persona of, I'm only here for five minutes, and then I'm gone. What is in the best interest of the league is most important. Instead of reacting to emotions, reacting to facts. Go back to when we had no age limit. You guys remember that? Why did it change? Because NBA teams were tired of trying to evaluate players in high school 
NBA coaches couldn't win with the young players that they drafted. NBA GMs were reaching and stretching to find the next stars, but there was way more swings and misses than there were hits. And oh yeah, by the, by the way, even when there were, I believe in 2005 was the last year, you had like 13 players uh, drafted straight out of high school. Most of those missed. They didn't develop as human beings. What's a, what's a healthier, what is a healthier system? The NFL system or the NBA system? Steve Kerr wrote an article. Go back and read it. I tweeted it out earlier today. He was a GM in the NBA. He's now a coach in the NBA. At the time he was covering college basketball, he's like, look, dude, you don't want this. You don't want 18-year-olds. You want them to have to stay in school for two or three years. Plus, it, build, it builds their brands. It builds their brands for the teams they're going to join. It develops them as people and as players. Adam Silver's reacting to Twitter. He's reacting to emotions. He's reacting to people who aren't involved in the sport. And if you and I warn college athletics, like if you want, if you want the baseball system, you know what you're going to get out of college basketball, college baseball. How relevant is college baseball? It's not. And then you look at the idea. We 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 want. What did he say? Let me be clear. Under the current system, we want teams to compete like crazy. So I think the Warriors within the framework of this deal should be doing everything they can to increase their dominance. But, but Adam Silver says we can create a better system. We're not trying to create some sort of forced parity. We want to realize, we want to really be focused on parity of opportunity. There's so many kind of conflicting alliances in where the NBA should go. But again, you have to start with what's in the best interest of the entire league. And while motion would tell you, hey, go to 1 to 16. The fact is that if you have an L.A. versus Golden State finals, you're not going to have the viewership that you would have versus a Boston versus Golden State finals. That's just the reality of it. Don't believe me, I give you Yankees-Mets World Series. Terrible ratings world, uh, nationwide. Not only are 66% of the TV viewers in the Eastern Seaboard, but the fact is that once you become a regional sport, look at college football's numbers and how they've struggled in the college football playoff era. When you get, when you get regionalized, when you take Ohio State out of it, when you take USC, you don't put USC in it, your numbers are going to suffer. And the NBA is reacting on emotion, and they're kind of a step behind. And if you chase down the West and say, hey, the West is better than the East, by the time you flip it and you make it 1-16 to 16 in a couple of years, because it does take that much time to work out the scheduling changes, the playoff changes, how to make it fair and equitable for people. But I'm talking regular season schedule, not just postseason schedule. The East is likely to be as good or better. Remember, Giannis is in Milwaukee. Uh, Philadelphia appears to be good. They're going to be good. Boston's going to be very good for a long time, and we'll see if the Wizards and a couple other teams can figure it out. Hell, Toronto had the best record. Now LeBron's out. Maybe they can get over the hump. But it, it feels like Adam Silver is reacting on emotion, taking the advice of others, 
And while people didn't like David Stern because David Stern could be abrasive, could be abrupt. Frankly, he could be an a-hole. He just could. He could be a serious a-hole. This dude's so not, he's just too nice. And he's going to get pushed around and manipulated and mauled in this thing. He wants to be liked. He wants people to really like him. That's cool. But you know what? People don't like Roger Goodell. How's the NFL doing? Oh, the NFL's doing terrible. No, it's not. No. No, it's not. The NFL didn't have Thursday Night Football five years ago. Then, they had a couple of games they put on CBS. They had put games on their own NFL network. Then they're like, hey, CBS and NBC, you guys split it up. They didn't even rate that well. And Fox came in and said, yeah, we're going to blow that off or out, of, out, of, out of the water. You know why? Because you got to have the NFL. It ain't about being liked. It's not about making people happy. But product. It's about what's in the best interest of the league. And while you're really close and the talent might be at an all-time high, half the teams are trying to be bad. And by trying to play catch up and fix the thing and make it one through 16, you're going to cut up all of the different history of the sport, Lakers, Celtics, NBA, all the East versus West. You're going to lose the Eastern seaboard. In an effort to be liked, the league will lose popularity, will lose momentum. It's not NBA 2K. It's real life. Right? You know? Just... Not not the way it works. I mean, the, the the comical part about the whole even 18-year-old age limit is there is no age limit for guys to go to the G League. They can come straight out of high school, go to the G League for a year, and be drafted. Let that, now that more know that, even though that's been available to them for a decade, let, let some of them explore that. See how that goes. Go ahead, try it for a year. They've been able to come straight out of high school for a long time. They just can't get drafted. And even now, they can go to IMG Academy if they want. They can do the prep school thing. In your effort to protect two or three kids who might be forced to go to college for a year. Talk to the actual people, uh, boots on the ground, and they'll tell you, none of them are really ready. And the reason that the college system doesn't really want them around is just kind of the whole attitude of, I don't need to be here. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. See the difference with ViewSonic high brightness 4K Ultra HD projector. With ViewSonic, you can enjoy your favorite shows, movies, sports, and games in Ultra HD day or night on a screen up to 300 inches featuring a longer lamp light life of 15,000 hours and HDR content support. For your chance to win a prize package, which includes a ViewSonic 4K Ultra HD projector, a 120-inch projector screen, a gaming system, and a soccer game, uh, it's a clippage speak, speakers and headphones, visit foxsportsradio.com right now. That's foxsportsradio.com to enter and get rules for this fantastic package. ViewSonic, see the difference. Coming up next, Joe Varden covers the Cavs for Cleveland.com. He's had some incredible insight on LeBron and what the relationship was like between LeBron and Kyrie. What was that really like? You'll find out next. This program brought to you by Progressive Insurance. 
Last year, over 3 million drivers switched to Progressive. Call 1-800-PROGRESSIVE or visit Progressive.com today and find out if you could save. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. You guys see what happened to Terry Francona last night? Indians, Reds, get to that in about 10 minutes. Amazing. Amazing misuse of, this is why you don't use initials, you use nicknames. People confuse initials and nicknames all the time. It's not the same thing. Initials are not nicknames. Joe Varden knows that. He covers the Cavs for Cleveland.com. He's got some great insight on LeBron James. He joins us now on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Uh, There's a three-hour podcast out there that, here's how good it is, Joe. I was having dinner last night in, uh, in, in Los Angeles with a friend who lives in near the area where LeBron lives. And he's like, have you downloaded the, the podcast with Varden and those guys? I was like, I've heard some, but we have it at work. He's like, no, 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 it's three hours. It's all really, really good. For people who want to get a hold of it, how do they do so? Wow. Um, well, there's actually two of them uh, that my colleagues and I had, had done. One was with Howard Beck, um, the full 48, which was uh, in between games one and two of the finals. And that is a lot more about just what it was like for four years to kind of live together and live through the LeBron phenomenon. Um, and we, we had a lot of fun with that. We also drank three bottles of wine while we were doing it, which was fun. And then um, the new one is uh, added actually, actually through a local radio station, 92.3 FM in Cleveland. They're, they're uh iPod or their podcast channel and that is where we kind of um peel the the, a couple layers back into what happened in Cleveland and what happened with LeBron and LeBron and Kyrie and and David Blatt and Ty Lue and Dan Gilbert and just kind of on down the line but it's still you kind of get that same flair of um sort of the I don't know just the camaraderie that we had built uh over four years together covering this team we were the three guys that stayed on the beat the whole time and traveled the country with LeBron and, and those guys and, and um, you know obviously really got to know him and know each other uh, in, in a really good way um, some of some of what I've heard I can't tell you I've consumed all of it but some of what I've heard paints the picture of LeBron um, as, a, as a little bit one very very smart uh, cunning in yeah. fact but at times can be petulant, spoiled, uh, can throw fits. All sometimes though he he does things for a purpose. Like how would you how would you characterize to the person who hasn't seen the real LeBron? How would you characterize LeBron James as a teammate throughout those four years? Yeah, I mean, it's a really it's uh, it's a complex picture when it comes to LeBron. Um, as a as a uh, an, a superstar athlete to work with. From my perspective, uh, I could not possibly have been treated better. Um, you know, I, I've worked in, I've covered politics, I've covered sports, um, and and LeBron was my certainly my favorite um, subject to cover and to work with in my entire career. There's no doubt about that. As a teammate, he was probably his at his best as a teammate when he had older players on the team that that he respected in a certain kind of way 
Um, he, he needed to rely on those guys to create the right, loose, comfortable atmosphere in the locker room and, and away from the court. Um, you know, guys like Channing Frye and, and Richard Jefferson and, and James Jones, um, they could bring a, some levity to the situation and they could kind of invite everybody from the team, from all corners of the locker room, out, you know, to dinner and, and to, to, to people's houses. And, you know, they, they, they would invite themselves to Kevin Love's house and have the whole team come over, uh, LeBron included. And, and, you know, after a while they start going to the Indians game when the Indians win the World Series and, and those kinds of things. That's when LeBron w- was at his best um, as a teammate. He was very hard on Kyrie, uh, and at times Kyrie had totally deserved it. There's no, there's no question about that. That's an, another longer discussion. Um, th- this year as a teammate, LeBron, it's, it's, it's hard because I think as a teammate, he really struggled this year. Um, he struggled throughout the year. He was uncomfortable, which this is going to sound so crazy, but he, he, he had kind of lost his way as the um, kind of alpha leader uh, of the team when Dwayne Wade came on and, and Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and Derek Rose. Like, these are guys that are established veterans that can't really be talked to in a certain way. And LeBron, of course, was clearly the best player and it was clearly his team, but he had kind of gotten away from just kind of really like enforcing his will as to how this was going to go. And then when all those guys got traded, like literally all of them, um, he, he, he tried to reassume that role, but these guys that he, that they brought in, three of them were young, 25 years old. And, and one was, was George Hill, who he, had known from playing against in the playoffs, but he just didn't, um, he didn't really know the other guys in, in, in a way. And, and it, it, it had just become too much of a task to try to bring all this together in the two months they had before the playoffs started. So what LeBron ended up doing, um, by and large, was taking it upon himself. And the Cavs set up their team so that regardless of who was on the floor or whatever, what, what the other talent was, everything, literally every last little thing was going to go through LeBron. And LeBron was incredible. He was sensational and, and, and carried this team back to a finals when no one thought they could make it. And, um, but but the, the LeBron, the teammate, had long been gone. By, by the time that had rolled around. Joe Varden from Cleveland.com joining us. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Why was he so hard on Kyrie? Well, um, I mean, he, LeBron put words to it himself uh, way at the beginning, early in that first season together, when he talked about bad habits. And, and the truth of the matter is, is that Kyrie had shown to be an incredible talent, brilliant offensive player, killer, all those things. But playing on a bad Cavs team, you know, I mean, pretty much maybe with the exception of the Stepien years, um, the worst Cavs team in, in franchise history, that was Kyrie's team. And so he had developed a ton of bad habits, uh, things that you just don't do to play winning basketball. And LeBron knew that he needed to kind of to, to cleanse Kyrie of that. But he also kind of overstepped in a way that there wasn't enough 
respect, I think, paid to just how good of a player Kyrie was. And this, this lasted a long time. I mean, this lasted well into the 2016 year. Uh, not quite, but almost up to the, to where, to where Kyrie, you know, knocked down that, the, the game winner in, in game seven. I mean, LeBron would publicly, um, praise him, praise Kyrie and talk about how he's a, he's a future MVP and all those things, but he also like almost akin to like mild hazing. Like he would just kind of haze him and, and just kind of speak about him and to him in a certain way. Um, that, that rubs Kyrie the wrong way. And then also Kyrie, and this is just totally, <laughs> I mean, a warped view. Kyrie resented how much power and sway LeBron had in the organization. Like basically totally disregarding that you were talking about arguably the greatest player we've ever had, certainly the greatest player in Cleveland, um, you know, four-time MVP, two-time champion before that. Uh, and, and he just, he didn't like it. He didn't like that, that reporters ran to LeBron when something happened politically that, that required some comment. Um, he didn't like how much, uh, he didn't like that LeBron's friends were hired for jobs in the organization and, and, and on down the line. So this is something that, that festered, uh, over their time together. And in the meantime, they produced the single greatest comeback in NBA finals history and gave a town something that, that no one born after 1964 had ever seen, period. Joe Varden joining us from Cleveland.com. Um, the, the, a lot has been made of, of Dan Gilbert, of the fact that, they, that LeBron could never get over uh, the letter, that Dan Gilbert you know, wanted to make decisions, wanted his team back. What's the reality to who Dan Gilbert was in this entire story? Well, Doug, that's a great question, and um, you know, I, I try every chance I get to, to, to kind of set this this straight. Like the whatever animosity or whatever ill will that there is or was between Dan and LeBron in these in this second four years together, I I call it overblown um, because it's portrayed as though there was a falling out. Like, oh, you know, LeBron is just so furious with Dan or so fed up with Dan or whatever the case may be. And that, that just wasn't true. They, they, um, they agreed to kind of move past what had happened in the past, but they, they, they didn't say, they didn't shake hands and say, okay, let's be friends. Like they, they didn't have a personal relationship when LeBron came back. LeBron did not come back because of Dan. Um, and, and, and I think that LeBron was actually telling the truth when uh, he said to Rachel uh, at the start of the finals, like, I, I have a great working relationship with Dan. I mean, they didn't have any personal relationship ever. Um, but, you know, Dan, for the most part, uh, spent a ton of money and did what he said he would do, which is fund a team that was capable of, of, of winning. Um, and LeBron did what he said he would do, which was come here and, and, and get that team to the finals and, and win. So, um, I, if, if Dan and LeBron like had, had reached some kind of like new level of trust and friendship, maybe LeBron would have remained in Cleveland, maybe, but I, I just think this is a lot, has a lot more to do about what LeBron wanted for himself and his family and kind of how he wanted to write his last chapter. And part of that, Doug, is he, he wanted to play for the Lakers. Like he has always thought it would be really cool 
to play under that under that moniker, and 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 now he he's got the chance to do it. Will it work? And and here's why I ask because I agree with you. You know, he had like Channing Fry. He had some of these these great teammates who um, they respected him, but didn't take everything too seriously, and and kind of understood. But and even though I think he respects Rondo. And probably likes the 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 grittiness and toughness of Lance and you know these guys that that need to play well that need to fit in. Uh, even Javale McGee has seen Javale McGee might be the only guy who can have a good time and be a veteran. Then you have all these other young guys who he might like their talent, but they man they're really young and they might revere him. But that doesn't mean uh, they they can be their best selves playing with him. Based upon what they currently have, how they're currently structuring it, do you think it'll work? Well, do I think they're going to beat the Warriors this year? Uh, no. no, almost no matter what. I mean, now the Warriors would need two devastating injuries to kind of bring them back to the pack instead of just the requisite one uh, with five All Stars over there. But I think this is a bigger. I think this is a bigger discussion too. Um, we were talking out here. I'm at the summer league, and we were talking with some of the Lakers writers, and I won't name names because they got to work with that team now. But they were questioning, like, oh, you know, are the are the Lakers right now? Are they even are they better than the Rockets? Are they better than the Pelicans? They just kind of name like three or four teams other than the Warriors. And uh, and Jason and Lloyd and I, you know, the two of the guys that have watched LeBron do this for the last four years, just, just laughing at him. Like, you cannot bet against LeBron unless it's the Warriors who have an unprecedented level of talent. You can't bet against him at any point because he's that good. So, yes, I think it can work. However, uh, and I'll try to get to the point as quick as I can, we need to remember that in January of this year, the Cavs were trending in a way that they would not have made the playoffs. They were 6-13 and at one point, and... They had all these names, and it just wasn't working. And LeBron was in the locker room, and they could not win. Um, and so I am fascinated. You know, this, like LeBron may have to change change a little bit, kind of how he approaches things away from the floor, just to make some some of these guys feel a little bit better about things, and try to kind of build that build up. You know, the the team and the camaraderie component of this that it that it takes to be successful. So. I think it, I think it, I think it will work, but I do absolutely recognize the challenge. It's gonna, it's going to be amazing. What about what about the Cavs? Um, I like their point guard, <laughs> and I, I do think Kevin Love. It's going to be interesting what they do with Kevin Love. What do you think the process they go through is? Do they tank? Is that is that the plan? How, how do they plan to rebuild this thing? Well, so I mean, you know, we've taken like a tire iron to them uh, over this. Uh, just just searching for every nook and cranny, every pressure point. Are you going to tank? Because that's kind of, you know, that, that's the, the the common knowledge isn't the right word, but that's like the opinion out there. Like, oh, you lost LeBron, you have no chance, you have to tank. Um, and they insist, including like the guys behind the scenes, they insist that that is not immediately the plan. Um, they feel like their talent is underrated. Um, and they feel like the guys that they brought in, as it turned out, weren't great fits to play under the kind of pressure that it takes to play with LeBron, who's trying to go to a fourth finals and, and expects so much without time to gel. And they just think that those guys on their own um, 
aren't going that, that that there's that there's potential there. They also think, and maybe this is part of it, is market wise that you don't just trade Kevin, just trade him. Um, you need to get like you need to get the right pieces for him, and the market might not be there for him now. So there there really there, there is a, a very viable case to be made to bring this team back, bring Kevin back, um, and and see how it goes. You know, uh, the, the East is going to be weak. Um, there's two playoff spots that, you know, you, you think that might be there. And, you know, it, the rest of the league doesn't think the Cavs are going to, you know, be a candidate for them. But right now the Cavs kind of do. And, and there's no harm in trying it. And if, and if things go awry, then you trade Kevin at, at, at the deadline and, and, you know, you look for picks and those kinds of things. And you start to start the rebuild then. But if, if it works, Doug, um, what a story for Dan and what a story for Kevin. And the thing they've been saying is, you know, these rebuilds are not guaranteed to work. Like, yeah, the Sixers are a heck of a story after just five awful, terrible, horrendous years. Right. And, oh, by the way, if they don't trade for Kawhi Leonard, they're probably not getting to the finals anyway. Right. I mean, like, that's how hard it is. Right. And, and, and you know, and, like, look, they're, they're betting on Bede to stay healthy. They're betting on Ben Simmons to develop a jump shot. Uh, so, yeah. and 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 look, that's the best. the The Milwaukee Bucks they tanked and they got a great player out of it, but they were you know they, they still were out of the first round of the playoffs. I mean, still it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't always work. It's a it's a great point. Uh, download those podcasts. It's incredible conversation. Enjoy the summer league, and uh, we'll talk soon, Joe. Great stuff, man. Okay, thanks for having me, Doug. Joe Varden, Cleveland dot com joining us incredible insight incredible info summer's here which means it's time to get to the ballpark but without a working car battery you'll be watching from the couch luckily autozone offers free battery testing so you can be part of the action with free services from autozone you can't lose get in the zone autozone let's get you to steve desager He's in. World Cup, pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. What's going on? Croatia has tied it up. It is 1-1 against England. And in fact, the Croatians have had multiple chances dominating the last 10-15 minutes. We're late in the second half of regulation. The England defense has been scrambling. 82nd minute now. Croatia won. England won in a World Cup semifinal. France awaits the winner. The final is Sunday morning on Fox. This current semi on Fox TV. Number one, Roger Federer lost his quarterfinal at Wimbledon in five sets. 13-11 in the fifth against number eight seed Kevin Anderson, who will now play an American seated in the top ten. John Isner has won Mr. his quarter. Anderson. <laughs> Kevin Anderson with the South African accent, though. A little different than the film. Novak Djokovic seated 12th, advanced to the semis. Does Novak have to Djokovic? Where he will could, 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 I say, face Rafael Nadal, who's up 4-3 in the fifth set. For those who are paying attention to this five-set Wimbledon quarterfinal. What is going on with England's defense? What are they do? What are you doing? Where have they been the last fifteen minutes? It's one one through eighty two minutes. I know, but it's like all of a sudden Croatia is just like, okay, now, now we're gonna go. Mm-hmm. It feels a little bit like Drago before he killed uh, Apollo Creed, right? Like all of a sudden he was taking a punch, taking a punch, taking a punch. He's like, boom! Oh my 
goodness. Another shot and save. Still 1-1, but England can't get to the end of the 90 minutes soon enough for a break in this game. Major League Baseball's All-Star Game final vote ends at the top of the hour, 4 p.m. Eastern time. The leaders were at the last update. Mariners shortstop Gene Segura in the American League and Milwaukee first baseman Jesus Aguilar in the National League. The All-Star Game will be Tuesday on Fox TV from D.C. Washington's Nationals got shut out at Pittsburgh today, 2-0. Bryce Harper went 0-2 with two walks. He's batting 213. Five straight wins for the Tampa Bay Rays. 4-2 their final over Detroit. And there are a couple other matinees starting up in a few minutes. It's the Giants hosting the Cubs, and Chris Bryant is back from his shoulder injury for the Cubs. Bottom of the sixth at Minnesota, Twins 8-4 over the Royals. Back to you. This is amazing to watch. Like Croatia is just, they're getting shot after shot after shot after shot. What What is, I need somebody from, somebody who knows something about soccer to tell me exactly how this happened. Who are you suggesting there, Ramos? Do you have a resident soccer? Well, actor? no, I think Steve does. Steve's our, to me, is our resident soccer I know, guy. but but Steve's trying to give me an update. Oh, well, he's done. At the same time, but like all of a sudden, Croatia's <laughs> like, okay, now we're going to try and score, and they're nearly pulling it off. They're getting shot after shot. He's got another one that's that sailed over the net. Yeah, defensive holes. Where where is the England defense? It's not just yes, Croatia is attacking. It's just suddenly England's defense wilting. Magic Johnson was late to the meeting with LeBron James. Real news or fake news? I'll tell you next. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Man, England is hanging on by the, I mean, uh, now we're in extra time, right? We are in extra time. And they're going to, the, the Brits are going to have a free kick, I believe. So from just outside, just outside the box, let's take it to Steve DeSager. We Steve. are through 91 minutes, so this technically would be added time. This is why they should just call the extra period overtime, like all of the rest of us in this country do. No, it's added time. It's not a field, it's a pitch. Okay? No, it's no. It's time. Those are not American terms. You're not guarding terms. somebody, you're marking somebody. Yeah, we don't have Mark to say man. it was 1-0 it either. 1-0 nil nil. is British. Yeah. Uh, it's on the pitch. <laughs> don't, on the pitch. don't you like with the accent just saying the name Deli Alley for England? It's like, it's like the Dilly Dilly. People just say it often. Just walking down the hallways. Um, all right, set this up for you, Steve. If you were to uh, to describe the set piece for the Brits, which I believe is going to be a goal kick. The English. Now. I think the Scottish would say we're Brits and we hate the English team, just for the record. Really? Yes. They have their own team. Okay. So Wales has its they're, own They're team. the English? Yes. Okay. My bad. No Sorry. idea. Sorry. Didn't want, to, didn't want you to offend your next vacation. I don't really there. care. Yeah. I mean, it's not, not going to be. <laughs> Wide left with the free kick. We are still 1-1. Oh, it, it was a header. Uh, but it yeah it does. It you does know the wonder. goal that Croatia got. It was going to be headed out by England's defense, and Croatia got a boot right in front of the defender's face and put it in. And yeah. then, as you mentioned, had numerous chances after. Uh, they've had numerous chances to win this win this game. Uh, the English defense has been much, much like World War II. It is just they have taken they have <laughs> taken an absolute bombing. They, they and they're still wow. surviving. They are they're, limping they, they're to the surviving. Line. There is there is precedent for them surviving and overcoming. You know, you mentioned earlier the history with England and France, if it gets to be yes. that as yes. a final Sunday morning. I looked it up. There have been over 15 wars 
just from 1200 to 1800 with England and France on the opposite sides. I mean, that's, that, that's a rivalry. <laughs> it's like I tell people all the time, Kansas and Missouri, they don't play each other anymore because Missouri left the Big 12. But that rivalry goes back to the Civil War mm-hmm. when Kansas was a free state and uh, Missouri was a border state, in other words, slave state, but they were a border state. And under cover of darkness, some Missourians burned down Lawrence under you know, cover of darkness. They burned it to the ground. Right. So you go back to the Civil War in our country like that's a rivalry, slave state, border state. But even that pales in comparison. We also have a final at Wimbledon, a final at Wimbledon. Uh, Rafa Nadal will, in fact, advance to the semifinals. Is that correct? Uh, going against Novak Djokovic in the semis. Man. See, now look, nobody complains in tennis when this happens. We're like so spoiled as Americans. Like, oh, we got to have the East and the West combined in the NBA. You got Djokovic, you got Nadal. They're facing the semifinals. That's the de facto finals, right? Well, Federer's out on the other side of the bracket. So, yeah. The other semi is Kevin Anderson and John Isner. I want to go to that. I want to actually, I've never wanted to go to a tennis match as much as I want to go to Novak Djokovic versus Rafa Nadal at Wimbledon. And you know, at Wimbledon right now, people can then now watch the overtime. They're going to OT. With England tied. No, this is, is this OT or is this extra time? It is extra time. 30 yes. minutes of extra time. All right. On uh, the pitch. Do we have time to get to Steve DeSeger with the game? I don't think we do. Can I just mention for I, the I, record then, for those who don't know, the World Cup's been around since 1930. Uh-huh. How many times has England been to the World Cup final? One. That's it. There's this great history of the sport in the country. England's been to the World Cup final literally only one time ever, and that was when they hosted the tournament in 1966, and they won the final in overtime. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, they're, they're massively, they're, there's, a, there's like, no, you know what they're like? They're like, uh, I don't think they're Knicks. They're kind of like Texas A&M. Right. Everybody talks about it, talks about how great, like you go back and look like, man, they've been bad for a long time. Yeah. And they still are rolling in the dough in the athletic department. It's not like they're unsuccessful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're Texas A&M. As people, uh, as people who love the outdoors, we know what we stand for. We stand for great gear, fair prices, expert service and memorable experiences at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. We stand together for you. Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's together. It's pretty awesome. That's a rivalry. That's a rivalry. <laughs> I want to get to this Terry. I, I want to get to this. That's Coke and Pepsi. I want to get to Terry Francona and what he did last night. It was almost comical. I still don't understand why he. Uh, I, I'm I'm into N- Nadal versus Djokovic, and we'll find out what happens at the final here, at uh, at the World Cup if the English can match up with the French, but they got to score one more goal, or we'll go to uh, we'll go to penalty kicks to PKs as they call. You know, yesterday we sent our intern down. What's our intern name? Steve. Jim, Bill, Eric, Chris, Chris. We send our intern Chris uh, to a Blaze Pizza because everyone in Southern California was getting free pizza care of LeBron James. Matter of fact, my son is at summer camp in the East Coast. I was on the phone. I was like, dude, you hear what LeBron did? Like, no, I heard he's with the Lakers. Like, no. And he loves Blaze Pizza. Like, he's, he got everybody in Southern California free Blaze Pizza. And he's like, and I'm all the way in Maine? That's no fair. Send me a Blaze pizza. Anyway, uh, something interesting happened, or maybe didn't happen, last night with LeBron James at Blaze Pizza. And it has nothing to do with the fact that we didn't get our pizza here at Fox Sports Radio. It's next in the Doug Gottlieb Show.
What up, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We got sports on TV during the day. This is how life should be lived, right? Life should be lived. Uh, consider me the relayer of all that's going on in the world of sports. I got baseball on TV. That's fun. I got soccer on TV. That really matters. That's fun. Although a Croatian player looked like he just pulled a groin muscle. Ooh. Ooh. Um, the, uh, the English were in survival mode to end the second, second half or second period. What do they call it? Uh, in soccer half call everything something, something different. Why do we have to, why do we feel the need? It is a great question. Why do we feel the need to call it their word? Like we don't, like I don't get in an elevator and go like, Oh, I'm getting in the, the lift. Like now I'm getting in the elevator because it's an elevator. That's what we call it an elevator. I don't know. It's weird. When do we adjust to what we adjust to? Um, anyway, the English seem to have been uh, resuscitated and they're very much alive. Keep an eye on, uh, Kansas city and Minnesota. That actually, I don't dig day baseball, but Minnesota on a summer Wednesday kind of feels like a good time. Yeah. Feels like a beer. Good time. Peanuts, popcorn, the Cubs and giants also on my television screen. So uh, anything that happens in the world of sports, we will relay it to you. Yesterday, we covered the Blaze Pizza phenomenon. Now, I, I bring up Blaze. They're not a sponsor of the show. Uh, we, we wish they were. We like any kind of pizza, especially free pizza. But I actually like Blaze Pizza. Um, I like it for a myriad of reasons. Uh, one, I think it's fairly healthy. I mean, like, look, it's pizza, right? You know, it's bread kind of down on bread, but not that much of it. There's a little bit of oil, but the oil doesn't, it's not that Crisco variety. There's cheese that's yummy. Um, and there's sauce, and the sauce is quite delicious. My son gets uh, cheese with extra sauce. That's all he gets in his pizza. Uh, one of my daughters gets pepperoni. I like getting different stuff, but I will tell you, it's a tricky mix. Like, you always think, like, oh, what would that be like? Like, mm. Then I get a little, they actually ask if you want a little salt on it. Like, yeah. Salt is one of those things. Salt is like San Diego. Right? You want to go to San Diego? Yes. Do you want salt in your food? Yes. There's just, you don't even have to take a breath and think to, to say no. But um, I'm a fan. I'm also a fan of the fact that you don't wait that long. I just don't have that much patience. It's kind of like that whole, and I, I know there's a, there's a, uh, there's a term for it in, um, in the business for that type where you order kind of, you go down the line, you, you know, it's like the old subway thing. You pick it, pick out what you want. There's a new place, Cava. Do you guys know Cava? Remember that fe crazy feta cheese that I told you to get that you share with me sometimes? They actually have Mediterranean restaurants. You've been to one of those yet? Oh, amazing. It's like the Chipotle of Mediterranean food. It's great. Anyway, so that's kind of how, if you haven't been to a Blaze Pizza, there's other places. Pie Knot is another, another, another chain that's similar. Huh? Pyology. There's also Pyology. Pizza Rev, which I've never been to. I mean, it's like... Again, pizzas like San Diego, like salt. Do you want? Yes. Yes, I do. Who's going to turn down a slice of pie? Apparently LeBron James, too. So he tweeted out, in fairness to LeBron, he didn't tweet out specifically that he would be at the Culver City Blaze Pizza. 
right? He did not specifically tweet that out. On the other hand, he didn't say he wouldn't be there, and he did tweet out that Culver City one. Oh, what a save. How'd that happen from Croatia? Let's go bring in Steve DeSager. There was a corner kick from from uh, the English. And then a and, header. And it was a header by the a header by an English player. And a Croatian player was in the goal, but not the goalie. Standing next to the post, which is exactly what Belgium did not do and allowed a goal. And, and he lost. headed it out. He headed yeah. it out. I couldn't tell if he hit it out with his hands. The he famed women's out. game at the Rose Bowl 20 years ago plus where they won the World Cup, the U.S. would have lost except they did that exact thing. They had a defender standing next to the goalpost. So it's kind of like you have two goalies. You sacrifice somebody moving on defense for the moment to stop a header like that. That's amazing. Uh, that's I would say that's good coaching, or is that good reacting? Like, yeah, what, I is, think, that, is that soccer one hundred and one? Like, I, I, you know, I'd I'd love to say I know, but the last time I played soccer, it was I would stand at midfield, wait for the ball to come to me, and try and score. As an like outside this. observer, yes. I thought it was bad coaching by Belgium not having what you just saw, what saved this defense right now. Yes, yes, seems like England has uh, recovered. England was awful at the end of the second half, and now they seem to be on the attack, whereas the Croats seem to have lost a little bit of juice. Fair. Uh, yeah, and think of the energy expended by England on defense those last 20 minutes or so of regulation. Maybe they really, really got the break they needed. I mean, the, the respite. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a fair point. Anyway, all right, we'll keep you updated there. So LeBron no-showed yesterday at Blaze Pizza. Uh, let me ask our resident millennial, Ryan Music. I want your honest reaction to the fact that LeBron tweeted out Culver City, Blaze Pizza, Pizza party, everybody. And then Blaze was like, "Let's just do everybody get." Ain't no party, Blaze. Ain't no par, uh, pizza party like a Blaze pizza party. There were no promises made. No promises made. Um, about LeBron showing up, but he didn't show up, and there were some level of expectations that he would be there. What's your reaction? I don't think I have an issue with LeBron not showing up, and never had any legitimate expectation that he was going to show up. Uh, it was one tweet that became a self-fulfilling prophecy that people <laughs> hoped he would show up at this one specific location as opposed to everyone taking a rational approach and going, hmm, this is probably all just a part of a bigger scheme. It's not as if he sent out some flyer and was like, here's LeBron standing in front of a Blaze pizza you know, tomorrow, here's the time, here's the place, come meet me. Yep. You agree with that, Ramos? I do, and it's a perfect point to what you talked about, which is the telephone, the game telephone, where a friend says, hey, LeBron is talking about some Blaze pizza, and then it gets to you, it's like, man, LeBron's going to be at that Blaze pizza down the street tomorrow. Like, wow, okay. I think that's what it became. People just word him out. Like, I looks like he's going to be there, guys. Let's go. Horrible. Horrible? I, I actually think... I kind of I I disagree with you guys. Oh, I I do I I do disagree with you guys. Um, Le- LeBron James did in fact tweet out specifically, so Blaze Pizza welcomed him in. Okay, Blaze Pizza sent out the you know for every everybody, but LeBron was the one who who said, um, who tweeted out that he was, you know, haven't been to a pizza party in a minute. With the what's the um, what's the emoji where you're the thinking man emoji with the hand over the chin, Culver City question mark. 
come on, man, that's teasing people. Like, go to Culver City. This was after Blaze Pizza said, are you ready for the king of all pizza parties? We're celebrating LeBron James' arrival to L.A. with free pizza, 7 to 10. Stop by any of our L.A. locations. And he tweeted out, Culver City? Look, do I think this is like the end of a friendship and a bromance? Laker fans are a lot like, you know what they're like? They're like people who watch evangelists on TV. They do. They, they just, they, 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 they want to be a part. Whoever the second, the next, next Jesus is, they want, it was first, it was magic. Forget magic. Now it's Kobe. Forget Kobe. Now it's LeBron. We used to not like LeBron. Now we like LeBron because he's on our team. Like, okay, LeBron, pizza, just lead us, lead us to a championship. Lead us, show up, be one of us. And here's the thing. I don't think this is anything damning towards LeBron in the future. I'm not going to, but it's a great missed opportunity because the one thing that Kobe has never been able to be, though he was loved, like if you've ever been to Staples, Staples is there's stowage is basically the upper level, right? It's a weird arena in, in its setup. They're downstairs, right? When you get down on the floor level, those are high dollar, okay? But the the hardcore ultra Laker, that, that, but that's like you go there date night, you go there to be seen, but the Laker fans, the real fans, the real people are up in the upper deck. That crowd loved Kobe Mamba mentality, but he was never really one of them. Italy, Philly, lives in, you know, lives in Newport. Like, he didn't live in L.A. And not that LeBron is really one of them. He's from Akron to Miami to Cleveland, back to here. But he does does live in L.A. proper, lives, lives in Brentwood. And this was a chance to at least dip his toe in being a man of the people. Hey, you know what? I happened to Blaze Pizza in L.A. Let's go to Culver City. It's right around the corner. And just show up. And, I mean, like, look, if I was advising LeBron James, I would have told him, like, hey, dude, let's get there and wait in line. Not get there and even do the LeBron thing where you're a security and cut through and you shake hands. Just go there and wait in line. Be like, hey, man, what's up? I'm not going to sign autographs today. I'm just going to have pizza. Bring whoever's with you. We all came to get free pizza. <laughs> yeah, I just signed for $153 million, but it's free pizza. Who says no to free Blaze pizza? Nobody says no to free. And you would have won the people. I just, I feel like it's a missed opportunity, that's all. You know? It feels very Kardashian-y. It feels very fake Like, even the Kardashians will go to the restaurants and places. They'll show up at places. They got their entourage and whatever. I don't know. felt like it's a missed, missed, missed opportunity. Meanwhile, Blaze Pizza's packed, and once you, that stuff's like crack, you know, once you get on, you're like, I gotta have a pizza. I gotta, you know, and then people listen to me like, pizza? That sounds good pizza. Yes. Do you think, honestly, that there is anyone now who thinks of LeBron James any differently because he didn't show up? Uh, I get what you're saying by, by it's a missed it's, opportunity. And it's like, sure. It's, there's like confirmation bias, right? It, 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 if you think LeBron James came here, came to L.A. to just win championships, be all part of it, just go in all in on L.A. Whereas there's a group of people like, dude, he came here because it's about business. It's about movies. It's about next phase. It's, it's about all this. That was a business move, right? It was a business move. 
generate interest in Blaze Pizza, Blaze Pizza, Blaze Pizza, Blaze Pizza. You know, it's like all word of mouth becomes all positive for a company that he is a partial owner of. It's genius. But if there was somebody who was trying, like, I'd like to be swayed. I'd like to believe that it's the, it's the old bachelor and bachelorette thing, right? Are you in it for the right reasons? Did he come here to win another title, to win number 18? Or did he just come here to do the LA thing, to be in movies, to be an actor? Because that's what everybody comes here for, right? Actor, director. Oh, I got a script you got to see. That's what LeBron, that's what it feels like. Try to be a man of the people. Of the people. Speaking of LeBron James, did Magic Johnson almost miss his free agency meeting with LeBron? Find out next. But first, using True Car, you can easily find the car that you want. The true price from True Car, you can avoid the confusion you encounter online by getting a great price you can count on before you even visit the dealership. See, the true price includes all dealer fees and accessories. True Car will show you what other people in your area pay for the car that you want. Now, you know what a fair price is, so you can feel confident. And your certified True Car dealer knows this, so they set their price competitively, and they want to win your business. Over 3 million cars have been sold to True Car users by the True Car Certified Dealer Network and over 15,000 True Car Certified Dealers nationwide. True Car users can save, on average, over 3000 off MSRP. So, look, it's really simple. You go online, you find a car that you want, you want to know what other people pay for that car. And you want to pay, maybe I'm a guy I like to pay just a little bit less than what everybody else paid. True Car Certified Dealer knows this. They set their price competitively. There's no haggling. There's no going back to my boss. It's just, this is what the price is. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car. You're going to enjoy more confident car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice price. True Car shows what other people paid for the car you want, so you can recognize a good price. When you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Horatia just had another chance to score. Another chance to score. And uh, uh, just kind of missed it on a on a cool corner kick, right? So it was like a corner kick, but usually they, they kick it up in the air trying to get a header. It's a set piece. It's like a set play. No, we call it a set piece. Anyway, so they just kind of made a pass to open space, and one of the Croatian players came in and swooped in with his left foot to try and kick it in the goal, and he missed. But exciting game exciting game i want i i like the way croatia plays i like their athleticism plus i just i dig the whole croatia thing but i i also want this whole uh oh oh let's bring in steve de Seger for a live world cup update Croatia has scored in overtime. It is 2-1 over England. It may not be England in the World Cup final against France after all. Keep in mind, it is not sudden death overtime. It's not, it's not golden goal anymore? It is not. They tried that last decade, and teams were so careful, we wound up with a lot of boring overtimes for the most point. So they, they play the 15, switch sides, another 15. We're in the second 15 minutes of overtime, the 108th minute, and it's 2-1. Croatia has taken the lead, deservedly. Mm. Remember that Croatia, you mentioned last segment, that Croatian defender who was standing on the goal line by the post and blocked a shot. What do you know? England did not take the lead. 
Croatia finally puts another one through. Ever since before the 70th minute, Croatia has been dominating England and finally takes a 2-1 advantage. We're uh, about 10 minutes to go in this game. Uh, yeah. Oof, crazy. This is a Croatia team that had gone to penalty kicks their last two games, one back-to-back, going to 5-0 and in the tournament just to get this far. It was looking like penalty kicks for a third straight time. We may not be going to penalty kicks. Let's get to a game. Game time! This is game time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Summer's here, which means it's time to get to the ballpark, but without a working battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers a free battery testing, so you can be part of the action. With free services from AutoZone, you can't lose. All right, Steve Sager, what's the game? Game, John? Real news, Ah. fake news. Okay, I'll bring up an item. In the world of sports, you tell me fake news or real news. Number one, Magic Johnson was 45 minutes late to his free agency meeting with LeBron James because of L.A. traffic. Real news or fake news? Fake news. You are fake news. In fact, Magic says he arrived an hour early for his scheduled meeting with LeBron June 30th, waited in his car outside James' Southern California home until the moment arrived. Do you believe he was really an hour early? Uh, yeah, I could see that. Sure. What's the earliest you've ever gotten? I don't, I don't believe that it was eight Oh one. Like he said before the nine. So you don't believe that's, that's, that's my whole thing. Yeah. I got there an hour, like an hour early. Yeah. Somewhere around there. Yeah. You got there during the eight o'clock hour. Like I just, I just don't like magic lives right down the street. Like, man, I was so excited. I was, it was eight Oh one. I was there. Come on, dude. I don't know if you better can story that. that. I got there a half hour early. Cool. I, I believe that. Yeah. Story. Like, so you get there an hour early, right? Yeah. Like, do you go get a cup of coffee? Right? I mean, look, you it's you, you can kill time all the time. You know, you just get pick up your phone. Yeah, on that's Twitter, probably what, yeah. Start texting people. Anyway. Also in the NBA, Miami Heat general manager Andy Ellisberg called Cavaliers general manager Kobe Altman the day after LeBron announced his decision to join the Lakers and gave him advice on coping with the Kings' departure. Real news or fake news? Wait, who called Kobe Altman? That the Heat GM called the Cavs GM. I feel that's fake news. They're real and they're spectacular. Story from Ramona Shelburne, ESPN, a behind-the-scenes look that Altman got a call from the Heat general manager the morning after James' announcement. He said, I called him and said, well, did the sun come up this morning? He said, yes, it came up. And I said, well, I just want to let you know it's going to come up tomorrow, too. He said when James left Miami, he was so angry and emotional as GM 2014 that he thought he was having a heart attack. Once the initial shock wore off, he realized there was nothing he could have done to change LeBron's mind. And he relayed that message to the Cavs GM. Hmm. Nothing you could do. Nothing you could do. That's what they did. That's what people tell anybody. Hey, nothing you could do. That was actually a lot of things you could have done. You know, could have gotten on a plane, gone out and just knocked on his door. You could have done the John Cusack, right? With the, is that too dated a reference? <laughs> boombox, Right, with the boombox. Yeah. Stood outside, stood outside his Brentwood house with the boombox. That would have been awesome. <laughs> this whole nothing you could have done. Like that is that, I don't know. That's loser talk. Nothing you could have done. Lots of things you could have done. And if you don't learn from it, you're destined to repeat it. Winston Churchill. Story three. Isaiah Thomas, currently an NBA free agent, said there's only one team in the league he would not play for, his former team, the Celtics. Real news or fake news? That's real news. You are fake news. Well, NBC Sports reporter happened to run into Isaiah Thomas at an airport yesterday. And so the reporter wrote on NBC Sports' Boston Instagram account, 
Isaiah Thomas said he was in a good place health-wise after struggling last season with the hip injury, and uh, Thomas responded to the post, Tell Boston I'll come back for a year, LOL. Good to see you. Miss my Boston fam. So actually sounds positive. No, listen, I, I, I was in Boston with some of the Celtics people, and they 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 cannot believe how he's viewed in the league. Granted, you know, he's had hip surgery now, so that's one of the reasons he's still available. People are trying to, how healthy is he? Trying to establish value for him is really, really hard. Um, But they genuine, genuinely, genuinely enjoyed their experience with him. Genuinely thought that was the best version of him. Now, maybe that created kind of a monster, but that's uh, that's the reality of how it went down is they thought he was a good teammate, he was a great worker, and he was a good Celtic. So there's no, there's no, uh, no ill will from the Celtic side. To college basketball, a group of former Louisville players are suing the NCAA over the vacating of their 2013 national championship. Real news or fake news? That feels like real news. They're real and they're spectacular. In fact, a lawsuit has been filed describing the NCAA as a morally bankrupt organization that exploits student-athletes. There was a press conference on this today. Suit filed today in a county circuit court. It does not specify any monetary damages. It states... The NCAA cast the plaintiffs, these ex-players at Louisville, in a false light, and it seeks a declaration that it's wrongfully vacated the plaintiffs' wins and their honors and their awards. Of course, the NCAA stripped Louisville of the title as part of sanctions for right. violations. Right. Having hookers inside of um, inside of your dorm, dorm do that to you. Yeah. I, I like. Look, did the did the did the lawsuit have a chance of reinstating their national title? Maybe until you're like. The NCAA is a morally what organization? Bankrupt. Bankrupt organization. Yeah, that, that seems separate from the lawsuit, really. Yeah. What is your What is your point? Yes. Actually, aside from you know anybody can slander the NCAA, there's I, some meat on the bone there. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Finally, NFL. Eli ran, uh, Eli Manning, not quite a rant, but spoke with reporters saying he expects Odell Beckham to ease his way back onto the field, hopes he can get back to 100% at some point this season. Real news or fake news? Uh, feels like real news. You are fake news. Aww. In fact, Odell looked healthy was the quote. After seeing him at last month's workouts, he was running routes full speed. Manning told ESPN, making cuts, seemed to be his old self. I know he's been working hard. He's going to have a big year, end quote. Well, we'll see because, you know, look, they lost all their wide receivers and now they got they redid their line um, and they, you know, they obviously drafted a talented running back. Big year for Odell Beckham Jr. because he wants a big contract. That's game, huh? Game time. This is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show. There's a lot of Steve DeSager in this segment. Don't worry, Trevor Story's just around the corner. <laughs> First time all-star out of, from the Colorado Rockies. He'll join us, we're told, momentarily. We'll get to that in a moment, but first, here's Steve Seger with an update. Steve. Overtime goal for Croatia, and there are five minutes left in this World Cup semifinal on Fox TV. Our beloved editors have put this into our system. This is how it sounded on Fox TV when it was 1-1, roughly midway through the OT. Croatia with it. In the space and time to play this in. Walker able to stab it up in the air. Trippier out duel by Parasic. Matsukic got there and scores! Mario Matsukic! Croatia take the lead in extra time of the World Cup semifinal. 
Goal officially scored in the 109th minute. They're currently in the 117th minute. Three to go. Croatia leading at semifinal in overtime. 2-1 over England. France awaits the winner in Sunday morning's final on Fox. The tournament does have a third place game, by the way. That is Saturday on Fox TV, 10 a.m. Eastern time to Wimbledon. Novak Djokovic seeded 12th advanced to the semifinals where he will face Rafael Nadal a winner in 5 sets, 6-4 in the 5th, eliminating Juan Martin Del Potro. Number 1 Roger Federer lost his quarterfinal at Wimbledon in 5 sets, 13-11 in the 5th. That was against 8C Kevin Anderson who will face American John Isner next. To Major League Baseball, Tampa Bay won its 5th straight game 4-2 over Detroit. Pittsburgh shut out Washington 2-0 and two other matinees at Minnesota, it's 8-5 Twins over the Royals, top of the ninth inning. And bottom of the third at San Francisco, the Giants and Johnny Cueto lead 4-1 over the Cubs. And the vote has ended. All-Star Game's final vote ooh, ooh, is yeah, done. yeah, yeah. Tell, tell me, tell me. Who's in? We'll find out in a half an hour. The, oh, uh, come on. The leaders were, yes. final tabulations, you know. The leaders were in the last update, Mariners shortstop Gene Segura in the American League and Milwaukee first baseman Jesus Aguilar in the National League. Not big names, a but having great. A vote for Jesus is a vote for right. <laughs> having great, great first halves of seasons, these two. All-Star game on Fox TV Tuesday in D.C. All right, let's get to Trevor Story, who's a first-time All-Star for the Colorado Rockies, only second year in the bigs. Um, who who told you? Who was the first person to tell you? Bud Black? Yeah, it was Bud Black. Um, <clears throat> he called me into the office on uh, Sunday, the day that the teams were announced. Um, yeah, he told me before the game, like 30 minutes before the game. and um, Yeah, just very exciting. Okay, so what did you do? Like, you walk out of the office... Take me, take, take, because you're going to remember this for the rest of your life. You're going to make other all star teams. You're going to remember this one. It's the first one. What did you do after you walked out of the office? Man, when I walked out, uh, you know, just, I was, I was a little emotional, um, you know, and when Buddy told me, and, you know, I was emotional, you know, in his office when he, he, he grabbed me and, um, you know, we, we embraced. And, you know, I think that first one's pretty special. Um, so, you know, I walked out and, you know, the first thing I did was, call and tell my fiance um but you know it, it was a weird dynamic because it was 30 minutes before the game and i you know i was playing so I, I was i had to get those phone calls in real quick call my fiance called my my mom and dad and let them know and um you know obviously they were excited but you know it, it was quick so i had to get ready for the game okay so how how hard is that to concentrate does it change you know and look and and i don't know are you i'm sure most guys are routine guys right this kind of <clears> screws up your routines 30 minutes before I'm on the phone with my mom and dad. It's super exciting. How did how'd you concentrate on Sunday? Yeah, um, I'm very routine based, um, so it, it did you know mess up my routine a little bit. But you know that's all right. Um, you know if I'm getting that kind of news, and you know I'm fine with it. But um, you know after after that, you know the the excitement and stuff is you know it, it's there throughout you know the whole day. I think and um, yeah, you know, I think I just tried to use it to. Uh, you know, to play well that day and, you know, just try to focus on the task at hand. You, you know, something interesting happened with you. Uh, Trevor Story joining us. He's a first-time All-Star shortstop for the Colorado Rockies. Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports, right? You didn't get off to the hottest start in the world. Although, for a young dude, you you walked a lot. You took a lot of pitches. You, you know, your OBP was still good. Just your batting average up until, you know, really up until you got to June, you know, was in the, you know, 250s or, or so. Um, how, how did you handle... A little bit of a sluggish start in terms of, uh, in terms of you know seeing the ball off the bat, hit, you know put, putting it in play, and other than you know, like like I said, you saw a lot of pitches, but
but you didn't see a ton of success actually hitting the baseball early. How'd you handle that? Right. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, baseball is such a, you know, a tough game. And, um, I think, you know, realizing that, you know, when you, when you're having long at bats, you know, like I was and not having the, the success, you know, that I wanted, um, you know, th- those are small victories, you know, when I'm taking tough pitches and, um, you know, battling with two strikes and putting the ball in play and, you know, helping the team win is, you know, th- those are, those are big victories. And, um, you know, you always want to be successful, but you know, that that's certainly not always going to happen in this game. And, um, you know, just really rely on my preparation and, you know, my, my everyday work. Um, and, you know, slowly, slowly started coming out of it. You um, obviously grew up in Texas. Uh, started playing travel ball what age? Um, let's see. I played – I started playing travel ball probably uh, my freshman year of high school. So maybe maybe eighth grade, so 14, 15. So you weren't playing like fall ball, like little. You were just playing like little league coming up. Yeah, yeah, I was playing little league. You know, with with all my my best friends from Irving. Um, you know, we had a you know that core group of guys that we that we always played with, and um, yeah, I played with with them. You know, all the way up until that point. Were you always the best? <laughs> uh, um, I guess. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, did you always play like the best player? Always plays short pitches catches right were you that were you that guy like 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 in my job now there's nobody who like oh, i didn't see you there i i didn't see that happening for you but if somebody played baseball with you at 11 years old in irving texas like wait trevor story's an all-star get out of here he sucked when he was 11 how good were you <laughs> no i was uh yeah i was good when i was young um yeah i think i was i was more of a pitcher when i was younger honestly um you know because i could throw hard um so that was that was kind of my my thing when I was younger, and um, you know I kind of ran into some to some arm problems, and you know I didn't uh, you know I guess treat my arm the right way. So you know, and I, I kind of started getting more athletic, and then so I, you know I wanted to play play in the field and you know um, play defense, and you know I loved hitting. So um, after that, I you know I kind of made my way towards shortstop. Okay, so then, you know, obviously winding around the minor leagues before you got the call-up to the bigs uh, is, is always fascinating, right? It was Asheville first. That was like, that was your first. Or did you, you went to, didn't you, did you go to Casper first, to Casper, Wyoming first? Right, yeah, I went to Casper, Wyoming first, and then Asheville the year after that. All right, so Casper to Asheville to Modesto uh, to, uh, what, to, to Tulsa, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you've been in New Britain. You've you've been to Albuquerque, best stop on the minor leagues tour. What's the best one? Like you know what that place was kind of cool. Yeah, there's a couple. Um, the two that come to mind are um, Asheville. You know, I really enjoyed my time in Asheville. Um, we had a really good team, and you know, we we ended up winning the league, so that always helps. But um, you know, I, I love you know just the city. You know, it's uh, very beautiful. You know, a lot of trees. You know. Uh, just, just great scenery, and and then Tulsa, um, you know that was that was double A, my first double A experience, and um, you know it feels like hey, when you get to double A, I feel like you kind of get you know a taste of the big leagues. You know the parks are better, um, you know the pitching and you know the competition's obviously a lot better, and um, it was close to home for me, so I could have some of my my friends and family come up. But those two are are two of the ones that that stuck out to me. Give me your best minor league story. The, like the the go to like all right tell me about the minors like you won't believe this happened man um 
Let me think for a second. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Trevor Story is racking his brain. He's trying to remember his best radio-appropriate minor league story. The non-radio-appropriate will be available on the podcast soon to be dropped afterward. In the meantime, we're hoping we've stalled enough for Trevor Story to come up with that story. By the way, I'll give you 30 more seconds here. Croatia has won. They're advancing to the World Cup final to match up with, with France. Okay, there you go. Okay, Trevor, time's up. Give me your best radio-appropriate minor league story. Okay. Um, yeah, radio-appropriate, um, you know, that, that cuts out a lot of them. But, um, <laughs> I guess I would say the most minor league thing, you know, that, that's, that happened, you know, that can only happen in the minor leagues. I feel like was uh, we were playing a, a game in Asheville, and um, they have a they have a zip line that comes from behind left field fence that comes all the way to home plate, and that's how they delivered the game ball. You know, they'd have somebody holding the ball and ride the zip line down to home plate, and <laughs> you know, it, it, it happened a few times. Then you know, I. My my buddy was like, "Hey, make sure you watch the zip line this time." I was like, "Okay," and uh, you know, I, I I watch it and I see this lady coming down, and you know, she's flying down. She ends up at home plate, and it's my mom. <laughs> no way. Yeah, my mom zip lined the ball from left field to, to home plate during one of my games, and uh, threw me off a little bit. So I, I had to rein her a little bit. I told her. That, that's off limits next time. You're headed to DC for the All Star game. Um, do you do you grab a ball? Like how do you how are you any plans on how you're going to soak in the moment uh, on the 17th on Fox? Yeah, um, you know I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm just uh, you know, I'm I'm looking forward to the atmosphere and you know talking with all the guys and because you know, there's there's a lot of great players that are going to be there and. Um, you know, it's one of my childhood dreams to, to go to this game and participate. So, um, yeah, you know, like you said, I think during BP, I'm just going to, um, you know, kind of sit in the outfield and shag a little bit and, uh, you know, take a step back and, you know, realize what's going on and really appreciate the moment. All right, you guys are in this hyper-competitive. Dodgers have woken up, but the, the Dimebacks still have a one-and-a-half game lead. You guys are hanging around. Giants are hanging around. Uh, Giants are up 4-1 on the, on the Cubs right now. Uh, how do you – how do you take that next step? How do you get back above 500? What 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 do the Rockies need to do, especially as you get into the second half of the season? Yeah, um, you know I think we've been playing well lately, and uh, you know that that's a great sign. Um, uh, you know it's 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 always tough to uh, you know be hitting and pitching at the same time. Um, you know that that's always the tough part of it. Um, you know we feel like we've we've either been hitting and not pitching, or vice versa. Sure, and. Um, so I, I think we just need to find that that good mix of you know having you know good well pitched games and you know well executed offensive games too and um, you know we we started to do that lately so it's 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 good signs for sure. Well, obviously this is a big series with the Diamondbacks. We'll let you get back to your prep. We appreciate you joining us. Thanks for that story and congratulations on making your first All Star game, the first of many. We hope. Thanks for joining us on Fox Sports Radio. All right, thank you. I appreciate it, Trevor. Story. Remember when he got. When he was first last year, when he first came to the Bigs, he blew up first kind of month of the season. Uh, this year, kind of a slow start. Now, look, his numbers very much skewed, especially power numbers, hitting numbers when he hits at home. But it's interesting. Like for a for a young guy, he sees a lot of pitches, a lot of pitches, and obviously that is a prodigious lineup uh, with three all stars in it. Nolan Arenado, my personal favorite. I mean, that left side of that infield is 
stellar. It's just they got they got to have better pitching. All right, a little Brexit uh, from uh, the World Cup. Oh, I did. I went there. I did, in fact, go there. Does Magic Johnson deserve any credit for the Lakers landing LeBron James? Wait to hear what Skip Bayless has to say next. Broadcasting live from the studios of Fox Sports Radio, here's Doug Gottlieb. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Croatia uh, advances. Better team won, right? Are we okay saying that, right? Like, that's the one thing with soccer. There's a randomness sometimes to goals. Uh, there's a randomness to PKs. Um, I would say from from halftime on, they were the better team. Oh, I'm sorry. They were the better side. Oh, see what it is there, better side. Every day at this time, we play for you a portion of a show earlier on Fox Sports Radio or Fox Sports TV. We call it. And now. What does the fuck say? Kip Bayless had this to say about Magic Johnson landing LeBron James. And as much as I love Magic Johnson, and I do love him on and off the court, he was my favorite all-time Laker, and he was the greatest oh, Laker Oh, there's a butt coming. It's not even close for me. But all that said, I give him zero credit for LeBron's huh? decision to come to L.A. I give him zero credit for any word he uttered in those three hours he spent up on LeBron's rooftop on that, what, Saturday evening here in Los Angeles. LeBron had already decided to be a Laker. You know it, and I know it. And the tip-off from what we just heard from Magic was, LeBron had already gone carefully over the entire roster. He was breaking down Kyle Kuzma's game for Magic to the point that Magic said he knew more about my roster than I know about my roster. It was a foregone conclusion. It was a formality of a meeting. Okay, but you still could have screwed it up. Right? Like, that's that's the point. Like nothing, None of what, what Skip is saying, first of all, he's, Magic's doing what Magic does, right? If if you go back and listen to Magic's comments, which is what Skip is is referring to, Magic was the one who said, I showed up at 801. Magic was the one who said he knew every guy in a roster. He loves uh, Luke Walton's system. Like, look, Magic is, he's painting, he's doing the PR thing, he's painting. Do I think that LeBron likes Kyle Kuzma? Yeah. Do I think he was breaking down his game? Bobby knows some of his game. He's a very smart basketball player who watched the Lakers play some because he might play for the Lakers and he played against them twice this year. But remember, Magic is doing that doing that thing that really smart people do, which is letting other people take credit. Letting LeBron take credit for running the meeting. Letting Luke Walton's system. Letting their players take credit. However it got done, it got done. He didn't screw it up. And plenty of others have screwed it up. It's called closing. Ask any basketball coach in college, football or basketball, or even baseball. The assistant sets you up. Sometimes the kid, he grew up wanting to go and play for you. All you got to do is stay on script. Don't go off script, coach. Don't go off script. And they can't help themselves. And they go and they screw it up. Magic Johnson is the greatest Laker ever. Not Kobe, but this one Magic's now is like, well, Kobe's the greatest Laker ever. Why? Because that's what Magic Johnson does. So Magic telling you, hey, LeBron did this and 
He knows that. That's what Magic does. Give him credit for the fact that LeBron needed to be closed. Need to be closed. And in three hours, he closed the deal. The ink is dry. He's a Laker. Credit is due, whether you like it or not. Coffee is for closers. Put that coffee down. Music doesn't even know what that's from. Just not. I knew you were going to come to me. I can't remember the name of the movie, but Glenn I just Gary know Glenn. that it's uh, Alec Gary, Baldwin. Glenn Rick, Gary, Glenn, he's Alec Baldwin. Have you, see, have you seen the movie or just Put the scene? Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. Yes. What does second place get? Ah. Oh, uh, Ramos, what does second place get? Nothing? No. Was it a Cadillac or some sort of car? Uh, first place was a Cadillac. Oh, okay. Second place is Stegnized. Third place? The Sager, third place? <laughs> Anything? No? I'm sorry, third of what? Uh, uh, coffee is for Closers yes. from um, Glengarry Glen Ross. Classic. First place, Cadillac. Second place, Steak Knives. Third place? <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Okay, Steve. You're fired. I've even seen You're it. You're fired. You're fired. That's what third place is. Hit the bricks, pal. That's what it is. Third place is you're fired. Your boss is not supposed to be your friend. He's your boss. He's your boss. It happened in football last week. It's happening in basketball this week. Adam Silver wants to be buddies. But guess what? He's commissioner of the NBA. I'll explain next in the Doug Gottlieb Show. What up? It's the Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the beautiful city of Los Angeles, California. We have uh, we have a World Cup final. I, I wanted to, I'm gonna get to the, the boss this thing Adam Silver's doing, which I I just I think is dumb. I don't we'll get to it in a second. Did you guys see what happened or hear what happened last night? With the Indians and the Royals, uh, Indians and the Reds. Did you hear any of this story, guys? Um, I did not. I'm okay. sorry. So Terry Francona is the manager of the Indians, right? And the Indians were uh, <clears throat> the Indians were taking on the Reds last night. So apparently he goes out. Uh, they they were actually up four nothing in the game. And their reliever uh, started to falter. Okay. So he goes to the bullpen and he points to his left arm. Only a righty comes out to face Joey Votto. And of course, Joey Votto ends up hitting a bases clearing double. So. Then the story comes out that that's not exactly what Terry Francona wanted to have happened. He wanted Oliver Perez. So how does that happen? How does Dan Otero go out there instead of Oliver Perez? Really interesting, isn't it? Well, apparently he called to the bullpen called his pitching coach, and told Carl Willis, OP. 
all the Perez. And because baseball is the only place on earth in which they still use landlines. And, and I don't know if you've experienced this on radio, but landlines aren't even as effective. It used to be like, call me back on a landline, but landlines not sometimes not as effective as a cell phone. Anyway, Carl Willis thought he said OT, which is Dan Otero. That's his nickname or his nickname is, is it's not even his initials. OP is at least Oliver Perez's initials, but OT Dan Otero. So he's like, Oh, So he comes out of the bull. Francona comes out to make the change. And Dan Otero comes back. Comes out. And he gives up a... a, a by the way, Otero versus left-handed hitting. Gives up three... is The batting average for lefties against him, 348. Like, there is one part to the... Uh, one part to the Terry Francona thing, which... And I do believe it was a mistake in communication. It's not like I don't believe the story, but why not just go like, no, 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 go back in. As soon as you see the wrong guy running out there, and they did do that. But why not wait an extra, just, I want Oliver Perez. Let him get, but he misheard him. And that is a stunning story. By the way, Votto was 0 for 4 with a walk, and uh, he was hit by a pitch in six career appearances versus Otero. He's four for 13 with a homer and a walk. Does have six, uh, six strikeouts in 14 clear, uh, career appearances versus Perez. So Otero had been good against Joey Votto. He just wasn't good last night. But Otero is not good against lefties. Joey Votto is a lefty. Uh, which brings me to my most important point. Let's stop with the initials thing as nicknames. Initials are initials. Nicknames are nicknames. Ryan Music's nickname, I believe, is Music. That's his last name, but at least it's not as confusing as RM. Do you have any other nickname? John Ramos. Do you? Everybody calls you Ramos. That's it. You, you got it. Nothing. Nope. DeSager, do you have a nickname that you would like to share? No, or I even have... one you don't want to share. That's a lie, Steve. <laughs> we all call you Stevie D. Oh, that's true. That's true. Sorry. I I've been called it's that MC for a long time. Stevie D, right? Isn't that <laughs> no, no? Isn't that from back in the days in which you used to rock the club? That's right. A different pair of pants, the whole thing. I have friends that will call me DG. My nickname has always been Fresh. Okay, like a uh, Dougie Fresh, right? Whatever. Or you can just call me Gottlieb. But for now on, let's ditch the the initials thing because it is too confusing. Your initials can't. You got to have uh, like a clever nickname. I call it a Skinny or Jimmy. Or fatty, or whatever it is. How about O Dog coming out of the pen? O Dog coming out. I need O. Give me the dog, right? It was give me the dog, Betty, because he's skinny. Yes. My wife's nickname when she was a kid in at uh, Oak Grove Elementary outside of Drumright, Oklahoma. It's a map dot. Was Chubby. She was nicknamed Chubby because my wife is the opposite of Chubby. She was a little. She was. She was. She was basically held together by string. Anyway. And by the way, Adrian Peterson, it's AD, not AP. Adrian Peterson, not in the league, though, right? Is he still, has he retired? Is he one of those, is he he like Des Bryant where he's not retired, he's a free agent, but he hasn't been picked up yet? AD is like the initials to his nickname, which is all day. AP is his actual initials. Very confusing. 
And here's another thing. I know they don't let cell phones in the clubhouse, but had they allowed uh, cell phones in the clubhouse or they allowed to type out what you want? Like this was a problem, remember, with um, in the World Series when the Cardinals were in the World Series one year. Uh, was Who was the uh, Tony La Russa? Tony La Russa, the, the bullpen could not hear him. Couldn't hear him at all. All right, we got a home run for the Cubs as they climb to uh, it becomes was it four three now? Johnny Cueto uh, surrenders a home run to Chris Bryant, two run home run straightaway center field. That's in the top of the fifth inning at San Francisco. John Ramos, resident Dodger fan, applauds and claps. Let's get to the one of the stories today. So Adam Silver, they have board of governors. Vegas has become like the center of NBA offseason. They have board of governors meeting. A lot of free agents meet there. They have the NBA Summer League. Kind of everybody's there. So Adam Silver comes out of the board of governors meeting. He's like, hey, look, we don't want artificial parity. We don't want to create artificial parity. We want it to naturally happen on its own. And oh, yeah, by the way, we want to change. We want to change. Um the age limit from 19 to 18. I've listened to enough of Adam Silver to where I realize Adam Silver is, he's trying to win every room. Every room. And that's impossible. I, I get that you want to be popular. I get that you want to be liked. But sometimes when you're a leader, you have to be respected and you have to do what's right for either the company or for the sport in this case. And look, offering up the idea, like offering up the idea, maybe we should go one to 16 and not worry about East versus West. And Adam was like, look, we'll have to look into it. And I'll tell we got some, we had a, a really, really thoughtful discussion I almost find myself yearning for the days of David Stern. Tell me how it is. Look, dude, we're not going to go. We're not going to combine East and West because if we combined East and West, it's going to kill the Eastern time zone. Kill it. The games are unwatchable to the Eastern time zone viewer. And then you run the risk of all Western time zone games. And that just doesn't work. East versus West works. It works for our two partners in Turner and in ESPN. It doesn't work otherwise. Then you factor in the travel, which is ridiculous. The massive change to the schedule, which is really hard. And the upheaval of uh, of the arrivals in proximity. The Warriors got good on their own. The Rockets nearly caught them on their own. The 76ers have gotten good on their own. The Boston Celtics won a title, recreated their own big three on their own. The Miami Heat got good on their own. Stop trying to change different rules and make it, they'll figure it out. They'll be okay. They are trends. It is cyclical. The pendulum will always, always swing. Always swing. But Adam Silver is, I don't think he's afraid of it. I think he, so much of how we are is based upon how we were raised, right? And how he was raised in this business was he was the guy who watched David Stern walk into all those boardrooms and piss everybody off. 
I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to, I want people to talk about me the way they talked about David Stern when he would walk out of the room. But you know what? Put the league in a better place. And that's what the job calls for. That's what it calls for. 877 on Fox is the phone number. It's, it's, do you want to, you know what it's like? Do you want to be cool, dad? Or do you want to be a good dad? Right? Cool dad has all the kids over. Cool dad, oh, you can crack a beer, it's okay. You're my house. You're a teenager now. You want to be a man? Go ahead, drink beer. Go ahead. Go ahead. We'll make sure you get home safe. Uh, by the way, you know, cool dad is a bad influence. Cool dad, by the way, would be liable for a kid that drinks a beer, drink a beer on my property, go off my property, hit somebody with the car. Cool dad is liable. Want to be cool dad? Want to fit in? You know what? Kids need a little bit of discipline. You don't have to be a jerk about it. Somebody's not behaving. Somebody's not acting. You don't have to curse and don't curse in front of your kids just to act like you're cool. Don't sit down there and play video games with them to try and act like you're kind of fit in. Let them be kids. Give them, give them the proper boundaries, the proper guidance. But pushover, Dad, people don't respect you. Other parents don't like you. And your kids aren't the better because of it. It's Adam Silver. Pushover, Dad. Whatever you guys want. You guys want 18-year-olds in the league? Okay, Twitter wants 18-year-olds in the league again. Let's do it. It's too hard to make them go to school longer. Even though it's better for the product, it's uh, people don't like it. I want to be liked. I don't. I'll be respected, especially when you're in the league. Summer's here, which means it's almost time to it's time to get to the ballpark. But without a working car battery, you'll be watching from the couch. Luckily, AutoZone offers free battery testing, so you can be part of the action. With free services from AutoZone, you can't lose. Get in the zone, AutoZone. All right, we're going to catch up with CJ McCollum upcoming next. Uh, I want to get his thoughts on the potential to change the playoff format, but change the regular season schedule as well. Want to get his thoughts on? Uh, we'll, we'll take. We'll find out what he thought Damian Lillard meant from his series of tweets about being happy. And does he think the championship trophy should already be given to the Warriors? I'll ask CJ McCollum. CJ is actually his first name. Next on the Doug Gottlieb Show. Online shopping can be confusing. Well, not anymore. With True Price from True Car, now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car and enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. The basketball world is really in, in Las Vegas. NBA Summer League. They got the Board of Governors meetings. And they got guys like CJ McCullum, who's got an awesome podcast out there. He's kind enough to join us here on the Doug Gottlieb Show. CJ, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? Good, man. Um, let, let me start with what everybody's talking about with your team. What did you make of the original tweet by Damian Lillard? <laughs> I actually didn't even see it until it was on, like, what, Bleacher Report or something like that. I wasn't really paying attention, but um, I know Dame. I talk to Dame pretty often, so I didn't really think of, think of it as anything. But in the outside world, if you're not a part of the organization, then I can see how you would leave, you would be skeptical or maybe think think something of it. Yeah. So it was one. I mean, is that is that really what it is? It was just one of those cases where he just really said, "I'm typically a happy camper." Right. That that was his tweet. I'm typically a happy camper. It, it w- w- did we misperceive the the 140 <laughs> characters? It wasn't even 140 characters that he put out there. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a little blown out of portion. 
blown out of proportion a little bit just based on what's going on. Obviously, there's a lot of rumors swirling around our team in general, and there have been rumors for years. Someone asked him a question, and he answered it basically saying that he's typically happy. Like, basically, like, he's typically happy all the time. So, I think I think that was an accurate statement in what he said. He typically is happy, you know, most of the time. And people are going to make up rumors regardless of what you say. If you answer it, if you don't answer it, there's always going to be something. But, I mean, when it comes down to it, he's a member of the Portland Trailblazers. What was your reaction when uh, Boogie signed with the Warriors? I, I was... I was actually on a plane flying back from Miami to, to Portland, and my girl showed me her phone. She was like, "Demarcus Cousins just signed Warriors," and I was like, "Stop playing! Like, stop playing!" I went to sleep. I didn't believe it. And then I woke up two hours later and I signed into my Wi-Fi, and sure enough, it had happened. I was shocked. I was surprised, you know, at the number he signed for. Surprised that he chose the Warriors. Surprised that there were other teams more interested in. Surprised that he didn't get a bigger offer from another team, surprised the Lakers didn't go after him. There was a lot of thoughts that went through my head at that time, so I had to check them. <laughs> I, I, guess, I, I, I guess my question, they eliminated you guys from the playoffs. They've done it a couple of times. Um, are we sure it makes them better? And and here's why. Like, I understand, like, in the world of fantasy sports, like, you add an all-star to a team. Like, yeah, but one, he's coming off injury, and two, you know, the, the beauty to them was that they could play small and switch everything. They may be like, look, he can re- boogie if, if healthy can really play. We don't know how healthy he'll be and how good he'll be, and it changes their ability to switch everything because he's a true five defensively. Right. I think it'll be tough at first. They got to make adjustments. Obviously, he's not going to be able to play to start the season. He'll probably stay out a little bit, get more comfortable with you know the recovery process, the injury, more comfortable with the Warriors' offense and defensive schemes and principles. But overall. I think when once they figure it all out, he'll help them because of the fact that he's probably the the best back to basket guy, you know, on their team for sure. I think Sean Livingston was their biggest post up, right? Draymond passes a lot in the post, so he doesn't really score, and that gives him just a different look. You know, he can shoot threes. He's he, he's a capable passer, has great vision, average over five or six a game, and can embrace double teams and force double teams. So overall, I think once they figure out the continuity and and you know, the touches and where he's going to get his shots from, I don't see why they can't be successful with arguably the best big in the NBA. Hmm. Uh, the, the podcast is called The Pull-Up. Uh, it's CJ McCollum's a star with the, goal, with, the, with the Portland Trailblazers. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, let's get to LeBron. Um, it, it felt like it was a foregone conclusion that he would end up in L.A. When, when it became official that he was going to L.A., what did you think? I wasn't surprised. I mean, you look at the the options on the table for him and, you know, based on the type of situation he was looking for, the market, obviously what he's doing in the community, what he's doing outside of the, the sports realm with production and getting more involved with film, it, it made sense. Um, looking at his career in Cleveland, how many years he put in there, what he's done for the community, what he's done for the state of Ohio, the game of basketball in general, I felt like there was only – Two options, and I don't think the Houston Rockets was the option he wanted to take. Agreed. Um, how far away are they when they add LeBron? I mean, when you have LeBron, you always have a chance. You can put LeBron out there with with four 15th men on a roster, and you're going to have a chance to win games. So it's just more about health, you know, how they figure out the, the rotation with with uh, Rondo coming in there. They got Justine Pole, 
They got Kuzma. They got Ingram. They got a lot of wings who can play. Just got to figure out the rotation. Who's going to start at point guard? Who's going to close games? And obviously matchups will be, a, a, will be something to look forward to, to seeing in the Western Conference because you never know what feeds you're going to get. You never know who you're going to match up with. So anything's possible. There, look, there are people, there's a lot of people who think, hey, man, Western Conference is so loaded that we should go 1 through 16. Um, I, I sit there and go like, you know, look, I, I think the Western Conference is, is better than the Eastern Conference, but I'm not sure right. we're giving credit for, for, for Milwaukee. And and what what Giannis is is helping build there, we got to pay attention to Philadelphia and what those young guys they're going to get better. Boston at full strength should be very very good. Toronto's pretty good as well. Like, are we completely dismissing the East a little bit too early? Uh, I mean, I think the Eastern Conference is good, but the Western Conference, you know, from top to bottom, the depth, you look at the, the dominance that some of the teams that have won in the last few years, the Rockets winning 65 games and not even um, getting to the finals. You look at the Warriors, how dominant they've been the last few years. I think you you look at the top of the West and the top of the East, and that's where the comparisons come out. And then you add LeBron to the Western Conference, and that's when teams start to, or people start to talk about the differences in the East and West. I think they're both very competitive, but the edge probably goes to the West right now just because of the depth and, and how good the top is. But there are some very strong teams in the Eastern Conference, but uh, the the proof is in the pudding. The Warriors have been dominant, and they've contended for championships the last couple of years. The only other team that compete with them is the team LeBron was on, and now LeBron's in the in the Western Conference. So I think that's why there's a disparity, and people continue to try to put down the, uh, the other conference. That that part is fair. Um, CJ McCollum joining us. Obviously, we, we started by reacting to what Damian tweeted, and I think the reason is, look, you guys were great in the second half of the season. Him especially he had an incredible second half of the season, and uh, and, and but there there there's always going to be people that say, "Look, that's as good as it gets. Like you're never going to take that next step." And so and so when when he tweets out, "Hey, I'm always a happy camper about the possibility of going to the Lakers," w- there's like a like confirmation bias in it, right? We're like, "Oh, well, of course he wants to go to a team with LeBron, so now he can compete for a championship." What's it like to deal with the reality of, man, it's really hard to get that one more step, that Warriors-level step, or even that Rockets-level step when you're in Portland? Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to win, regardless of where you're at, especially in the Western Conference. You haven't played the Warriors a lot of times the last five years. You see what a championship-caliber team looks like. You see how they execute. You see how they play together. You see how great they are defensively. And it's, it's tough and it's frustrating, but it's a part of life. Nothing, nothing in life is going to be easy. It's not easy to to live in America. It's not easy to work a, a nine to five. It's not easy to play in the NBA, and it's not easy to make it. So, right. you got to figure out ways to improve, figure out ways to get better, and control the controllables. That's kind of how I've always lived my life. I can only control my preparation, my mindset, and my attitude every day. The rest is going to be what it's going to be. Okay, so uh, the the podcast is called the Pull Up. If people yeah. haven't heard, haven't downloaded it. What's it like? You should definitely subscribe. You can subscribe anywhere to the pull-up pod. We basically just talk about what's going on in the NBA. I get wine recommendations. I get book recommendations occasionally. I've had guests on. We'll continue to add guests from different backgrounds and walks of life. I've had the, the producer of Billions on the pod. Love it. I've had D-Wade on. I am a huge Billions fan. So shout out, to, shout out to Brian for coming on. But... It's been great. It's been great for me to just kind of talk about my thoughts on the NBA, my thoughts on the summer league, certain rookies I, I think are going to play well, like Kevin Knox, who surprised a lot of people. 
although he was booed on draft night, you know, typical Knicks fans booed Kevin Knox on draft night. I think he's going to really help them. But we just give a variety of takes, you know, on what it's like to be in the NBA, what it's like to – you know, watch the game from my point of view. Okay, so let me let me ask you about Kevin Knox. I too liked him before the draft. Uh, Eighteen, I think. You know, as a face-up four, can play some three. You know, he's right. his body's going to get even better. Um, uh, so, w- why do you think why do you think some teams missed on him? I think a lot of Kentucky players are better in the NBA. Um, there's so much talent around them. There are certain rules to where you know Anthony Davis. You look at Devin Booker. They evolve once they get to the NBA, even Carl Anthony Towns. I think you're starting to see how well-rounded he is as a player. His versatility, he can shoot, obviously. He has a nice-looking jump shot, even though he only shot about 35 or 36% in college. He's big. He's able to guard, like you said before, he can guard the four and the three. He's a large wing with athleticism and ability to you know, push tempo off a of, off of rebound. So I think he has all the tools to be successful. It's just about putting them together. Who's been disappointing to you that you've watched in Vegas? Yeah, honestly, I haven't really watched that much. I've been working out. Wait, 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 wait! You can tell me how much you like how Kevin Knox and other rookies, but you you don't get you don't offer up anything negative. Well, not really because it's it's summer league. So when when you play well, I watch like how you played well. I don't necessarily judge the, the points, the assist, rebounds. I'm looking at how you're scoring. Does it translate to an actual NBA game? You know, can you score at three levels? You have a mid-range game. Can you finish around the basket? Do you have a floater if you're a guard? Can you shoot threes, catch and shoot, open? Can you shoot threes, catch and shoot, contest it? Can you shoot threes off the dribble? So that's kind of what I watch. And whether you make or miss it, I can tell from your skill set if you're going to be successful or not. So I don't really get caught up in Trey Young shooting poorly or shooting well because you know, like, historically he's made shots. It's just about the shot selection, where he's shooting shots from, how he's running the offense. And once he gets more comfortable and the rest of the rookies get more comfortable, They'll be successful, but summer league is isn't always indicative of NBA success. You got a guy like Josh Selby who's won summer league MVP. You got a guy like Draymond who's terrible right. in summer league. One of the, one of the worst summer league players we've ever seen, honestly. And he's a very very good NBA player. So it doesn't necessarily always equate to success either way. I just kind of try to watch the intangibles and as a player who plays the game and has guarded certain guys, like how does how do they score? How right. do they defend? How's their body language? That's stuff that translates to success or failure in the league. How, how important, and I, look, I, I completely agree with you in terms of people get so caught up in make or miss. It's more about the shot selection. It's also about can you get by guys. But what about the other right. end of the floor in terms of uh, level of effort, level of toughness, and level of ability? Um, I, I don't think it, fans think nobody guards anybody in the NBA. The reality to it is if you can't guard anybody, you can't play in the NBA. How much do you pay attention to that? Definitely pay attention to that as well. And it's the saying goes, there's, there's great defense and there's better offense. There's a lot of great defenders out there and there's a lot of extremely talented players offensively to where, like Kevin Durant, you can play great defense, do everything in your power to prevent a tough shot, and he still makes it. So like, can a guy move his feet? Does he know the angle? Are you helping? Does he communicate at the defensive end? How does he fight over screens as a guard? Those are things that are a crucial part of the game. You're looking at 90 to 115 pick and rolls on how many possessions is in the game. Can he get over screens? Is he weak? Is he strong physically? You know, does he die? Does he crash? If you're a big man, does he box out? Or does he just go for the rebound? Does he have a motor? You know, there's the questions about DeAndre Aiden and whether or not he has a motor. I think he's coming out with a chip on his shoulder trying to get chased down blocks, going after every offensive rebound, trying to show that, you know, he does have a motor and he is worthy of the number one pick. CJ McCollum, great stuff that you're giving us. Um, okay, so 
knowing all of this and knowing all of the things you look for, it's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. Um, I'm fascinated by the mellow thing, right? So mellow, <laughs> M- mellow. It looks like they're either going to trade him or buy him out or smooth him or uh, not smooth him, but stretch him, <clears throat> and so he'll be gone from there. Does it does it change in a locker room how he can be and how the presence he has based upon the salary he earns? What, what I've always thought on uh, uh, this is a working premise. You live in you work in NBA locker rooms. I do not. I've always thought, hey man. If a guy's making $27 million, he's got a little bit more say than if a guy's playing at the minimum because he was bought out at $27 million. I guess my question is, can, he, is, can you get the best out of Melo, whatever he's got left, in a championship-type situation if the leadership is different and if he's making a different salary? Absolutely. I think Melo is who he is. You know, he's a bona fide scorer. He showed that he could score at three levels. He could do a lot of things, and... He had a tough transition to OKC. It's a different role. role. He's not normally accustomed to. He had to shoot a lot of catching three threes. And we're talking about a guy who two years removed from averaging 25 points per game in the NBA. So the talent is still there. I think the motor, the drive is going to be there. He's going to be out to prove people wrong. This is a big, big year for him individually. And he's going to do whatever it takes to, to help himself succeed individually and to help the team succeed. So salaries aside, you know, there's a lot of wealthy people in the league. There's a lot of guys who are on minimums. I think from a credibility and ability standpoint, people respect him. Now it's just about him finding the right situation, whether that's Miami, whether that's Houston, or wherever he decides to go, and then applying himself and making shots, you know, defending better, doing those things that, you know, whatever team he goes to is going to need for, for them to be successful, for him to continue to expand his career. The podcast is called The Pull-Up. C.J. McCollum's. You watch him with the Portland Trailblazers. You follow him on social media. And apparently he gives wine recommendations as well. What I need, I don't need that. I just need the cell phone because I never know what to order with wine. I can't listen to the podcast and then remember that. And then go, okay, write this down. I'm going to order this wine. I need, like, you know, I need to sound like I know what I'm talking about. I was at a restaurant last night. And they're like, do you want wine? I was like, I have no idea what I'm looking at. None. <laughs> yeah, man, you got to try to educate yourself. Ask questions. Use the Vivino app. and Figure out ways to... Uh, taste certain wines, learn about the grapes, research it, and then as you continue to go to certain menus at restaurants, you'll be able to pick out whether you want a French Bordeaux, whether you want Italian wine, whether you want a, a soft red, a bold red, a strong red, do you want a Sonoma Coast, or do you want more of a smooth Italian Italian grape? So you just got to go through it. The more you taste it, the more you're asking questions, uh, it's easier to kind of learn about it. And then when you do wine tasting and things of that nature, you're more comfortable with, you know, going through the selection process. Great stuff, CJ. CJ McCollum, thanks so much for joining us. No problem at all. Thank you. Pleasure is mine. CJ McCollum joining us. Let's get to Steve DeSager. Lots of stuff going on in sports, including we have a World Cup final. And it's France. No, not England. It's France-Croatia Sunday morning on Fox TV, 11 a.m. Eastern time. England scored very early, fifth minute, and didn't score again. Lost in overtime 2-1 to Croatia, which is now 6-0 in the tournament. There is a third-place game on Fox Saturday morning, England against Belgium. Number one, Roger Federer lost his quarterfinal at Wimbledon in five sets, 13-11 in the fifth. It came against number eight seed Kevin Anderson who will face American John Isner next. In the other semi, Novak Djokovic, seeded 12th this year, advanced and 
he will face Rafael Nadal in that semifinal. Nadal won in five sets, 6-4 in the fifth against Juan Martin Del Potro. The ladies' semifinals are tomorrow. That includes Serena Williams. Major League Baseball, the All-Star Game's final vote ended this afternoon. The winners will be announced tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern time. The Tampa Bay Rays won their fifth straight game, 4-2 over Detroit. Pittsburgh shut out Washington 2-0. Minnesota an 8-5 winner against Kansas City. Johnny Cueto started in San Francisco through the first five innings with seven strikeouts, and it's a 4-3 Giants lead over the Cubs, top of the sixth. He did allow a home run to Chris Bryant coming off the injured list. He died a shoulder injury, two-run shot for the Cubs' third baseman. By the way, Houston tonight will be hosting Oakland. Houston has sent reliever Ken Giles to AAA with an ERA of about five. Back to you. Well, also, I think he dropped an F-bomb in his manager's direction when he got pulled last night, right? That is correct. Did you see how they won? No. Oh, my gosh. Houston game last night. Yeah. Craziness in baseball last night. Okay, so um, wasn't it? It was on a drop third strike. Uh, A drop third strike, and uh, I'll I'll pull it up really quickly. Extra Yeah, so so Giles blew the save. Giles blew the save, but... Um, it was just a. It can only be determined. Will only be called a bizarre finish. So, so here's what happened: it's the eleventh inning, and um, Alex Bregman's at the plate, and he gets called for. He swings, and misses strike three, drop third strike. Jonathan Lucroy picks up the ball, and he, they they like uh, I don't know. Bregman forgot that it was drop third strike, and then all of a sudden, instead of running towards first base. He like backpedals for like two steps to avoid a tag, and Lucroy drops the ball. <laughs> okay, Lucroy picks up the ball and throws it to first base and airmails it, and so the the uh, Astros had another runner on, came around to score. So upheld with video, obviously. Well, I mean, we didn't even need video. I mean, the, the Lucroy dropped the ball, dropped the ball, then he picks it up, then he throws it to first, and he airmails. He misses completely, misses the first baseman. And the Astros had another runner on base that came around to score. Houston won a game this year on an infield pop-up where the Padres Correct. first baseman came Correct. in and said, I got it, I got it, and he didn't have it. Correct. Correct. I mean, you want to talk about being, it's better, sometimes better be good than lucky. I mean, better, sometimes better be lucky than good. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was just an absolutely crazy play as, uh, as Jonathan Lucroy, who's a good catcher, but dropped the ball, then threw to first base and kind of freaked out. And the... Um, the Astros came around to score. That's and, two wins in just miraculous fashion. And this is already the defending World Series champs. Right. Who have, have an incredible lineup. Yeah, their rotation got better. They added Garrett Cole. And they're first in the AOS as superb as, and unexpected as Seattle's season has been. Houston's four games over Seattle in the division already. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah, Tucker, Tucker comes came around and scored from second base on the, on the air and throw. Their big prospect. Amazing. Crazy stuff. Also, did you guys see the Gordon Hayward video? Have you guys seen this? So Gordon Hayward has, I think, two or two little girls. And I told you guys that he lives in San Diego in the offseason. Gets up 5 o'clock every morning, gets in, lifts and stretches and everything for an hour. Then he works out for an hour. Then he goes back and the whole rest of the day is with his family. So his wife's pregnant, so they did a, um, a gender announcement, gender reveal. Here's what it sounded like. Okay, ready? Say, Daddy, can you help me? Help me. Okay. Ready? Box with yeah. balloons. Balloons Whoa. go up in the air. It's more wow. pink balloons. <laughs> Whoa. You want a girl? 
right. <laughs> is Daddy happy? Daddy's always happy. Uh, <laughs> you have to see the body language. Now, part of it is he comes from the Brad Stevens school of let's not get too emotional. I have two girls. I love my, my daughters. Are twin girls. They're awesome. Um, and I did not do the fist pump when I found out I was having a boy. I did not do this. But, uh, I mean, like, a picture tells a thousand words. A picture of him says a million more. Yes, uh, rhyme music. Was there fear yeah. when when you... Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. But, you know, my... I mean, in all honesty, like, my, my wife is even... She's even said, like, I wanted to go for four. Even numbers better, you know? Um, even numbers better? Yeah, even numbers better than... Th- th- four is better than three a lot. But people, once you get past two, you're going man to zone anyway. Whatever. When you have four... They can team up and three is, a, it's just an odd number. It's hard. They'll two will play with one and one will get left out or they'll team up on each other. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting dynamic. I'm one of three. My brother has three. My sister has three. So we all have, it's all threes, but I would, my preference would have been for four. But it's like my wife, my wife even said like, look, if we could have had another little boy, like I just, the girl thing, a lot of emotions, a lot of crying. Now girls, they're incredibly loving and they're interesting. And to me, it's just fascinating to watch another Sex grow up next, you know, uh, under your your guidance. But yeah, I mean, any dude wants at least one boy. You want at least one boy. At least one. And look, I think if you have all boys, you want a girl. Everybody thinks that the guys only want all guys. Like, dude, you get all boys. There's all. I mean, everything smells like farts. They just punch each other all the time. It's a mess. You do need a little bit of balance. It's it's like the house and the senate and the president. Like, we need a little bit. Of, you need balance. You can't have all one side or the other. Hall of Famer taking a controversial QB under his wing. I'll explain next. At AutoZone, we offer free battery testing because we don't sell people parts they don't need. Stop in, ask about free testing. Get in the zone. AutoZone. The Press. Every topic you need to hear about in as short a period of time as possible. Here's Steve DeSager. What do you got, Steve? Turned into a great semifinal at the World Cup, Croatia versus England. You know, the estimated population of England is 54 million people. Croatia, 4 million people. They're going to the World Cup final for the first time ever. We mentioned it earlier in the show. The World Cup's been around since 1930. England, with its rich history in this sport, has only been to the World Cup final once, ever. Croatia, though, is going with a population equal to that of the Los Angeles city limits. Four million people. Croatia is going. Doug, I saved this paper from the Golden Nugget when we went through Vegas. This is like year, year and a half ago of the odds to win the World Cup for 2018. Germany and Argentina were the top two. And, of course, they're out of this tournament long ago. France was 8-1 to to win it all. Croatia, 50-1 to to win it all. And they're in their first ever final wish i was there and i would have put i obviously now looking at their talent i would have i would have put them i, I would have put a, put 100 bucks on that you know you're feeling pretty good about yourself just by comparison yeah. the u.s was 40 to 1 to win it all croatia 50 to 1 at the time and they say that vegas always knows Apparently Vegas does not know soccer. Apparently not. On to the NFL as embattled Bucks quarterback Jameis Winston spent yesterday working out with Randy Moss a couple weeks ahead of Buccaneers training camp opening. Winston, of course, will open the upcoming NFL season with a three-game suspension for violating the league's personal conduct policy. There was a comment 
from Randy Moss on Jameis. He's doing things right, then a bump in the road. He's doing something right, then a bump in the road. Man, just continue to fight. It happens. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, what he did was wrong. You know, I'm not sitting up here and saying right or wrong. There was a woman involved, so I'm not going to get into all that. What he did was wrong. He knew he was wrong. So I think it's up for him as a man to understand what he did wrong, live and learn from it, and let it go. From Tampa Bay Online on Winston. Look, it, I, you know, we're in make or break. He played better last season, although there were some moments in which he was disappointing. The team wasn't good enough around him. They need to get better. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I really believe this, that Jameis Winston, dude, you, you got you to gotta figure out any one of these incidents in and of it by themselves outside of the Florida State thing, which three times he's been cleared of, okay? But any of them in the incident by himself, you're like, okay, I can see where this might. But there's just too many little things for a guy who's that talented. It's almost like you, you want him to have a somebody with him at all times because you don't trust mm. him. Also in football, Bills running back LaShawn McCoy has hired a prominent Atlanta defense attorney amid a police investigation into a home invasion that sent his former girlfriend to the hospital after she was allegedly beaten and robbed of jewelry. Police there in the Atlanta suburb have not named any sub... Uh, suspects but the office of this defense attorney don samuel confirms that it is representing uh, the office's mccoy he has represented other high profile clients such as the ray lewis charged with murder thing in 2000 charges were later dropped yeah i mean like look i, I don't want to i i don't want to correlate ray lewis's charges with shady mccoy's i don't know what's what i know the picture was super super graphic I don't know if Shady McCoy was the one responsible for that. Until I have, until we have more, I just I'm I'm somebody that lay back the facts, or at least some portion of the facts will come out. And finally, Rob Palenka, Lakers general manager, saying they didn't want to fall into the trap of other LeBron teams of how they built the roster. This one done very differently than past ones surrounding LeBron James. "Quote: No one is going to beat Golden State at its own games. That's why we wanted." to add these elements of defense and toughness to the Lakers' depth and try to look at areas where we will have an advantage, end quote. I think that's smart. When they zig, you zag. That's smart in business. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. Uh, Joe Moorhead from Mississippi State. We'll start getting ready for college football. will join us tomorrow, but so too will Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes said Kobe should come out of retirement and play with LeBron. He, he said that. M- Michael did come out of retirement. Remember after a couple of years running the Wizards? Wasn't great, but he also didn't play with LeBron James. Matt Barnes will join us tomorrow. We'll get you ready for uh, for World Cup final we have. Congrats to Croatia. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts 
The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.